This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Saturdays are my um, <clears throat> family days, and so I got to spend it with my family, and we were able to go to a movie yesterday, and Knox, I'm going to ask you a question, buddy. Can you tell me what is this movie? Paw Patrol movie. Absolutely, it's a Paw Patrol movie. We were able to see this movie yesterday, and um, we had a good time with it. And the thing, uh, I mean, of course, I love my family, and I love my boys and my wife, but Knox, whenever he gets excited, he gets really excited. And so we were watching this movie, and whenever it gets to the part where it, there's a, an action scene or, or um, some sequence of events, um, he's not sitting down. Um, he's up. He's standing up, and he's jumping around, and he's doing all that. He's like, and he gets so excited, and you can tell that it's like overflowing. And, and it makes, I'm just talking about it now, just makes me smile because I love to see his excitement. And, and it makes me excited, too, and it makes me feel like a kid all over again. And, and like I said, he doesn't just sit down. He experiences the movie. And I was just thinking, like, man, what a gift. What a gift to have that much excitement that it's overflowing and you can't help but get excited about it, too. And so I think about this and... Uh, the thing I, I have to say is if it's a Knox-approved movie, then you know it's going to be good. So with that said, I think that we've always been around people that make us feel better. I think that we've been around some genuinely um, positive people that are just overflowing with joy, and we can't help but feel better because we're around them. And if you think about it, that's probably why people gravitate toward them. And these genuinely positive people, they bring something that, that we were previously missing or lacking into a space where we are and necessarily change the entire atmosphere and bending it toward good. So this is so refreshing in the world that we live in because we have a world full of Debbie Downers and Grumpy Gusses. And as Christians, how can we experience this type of excitement, that same type of excitement that, that um, Knox was having, and he was just jumping for joy, basically, and he had that type of experience. How can we experience that, too? How can we have that same type of contagious joy when it comes to knowing and following Jesus, because it is a joy to know and follow Jesus. And so here is a reminder about the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is a fleeting feeling that we experience when the circumstances are good. Not just good, but like really good. And in other words, happiness ebbs and flows and it really depends on how life is going for us at the time. On the other hand, joy is a deep-seated excitement of knowing 
God, knowing that God is good and knowing that God has got us no matter what, no matter the circumstance. That's joy. In other words, happiness comes from our situation, but joy comes from the Lord. And so today we turn to Philippians We turn to Paul's letter to the Philippians to gain some type of insight as to how we also might live with such excitement for Jesus that others are drawn not to us, but to him. We are trying to find that contagious joy. And so a little bit of background about Philippians. Paul is believed to be writing to the Philippians from prison in Rome. And Paul's letter to the believers in Philippi provide basically a window into into Paul's heart and into his mind, how he feels and thinks about life in general. And also, the letter shows us that knowing Jesus is not merely agreeing to some theological truth, but knowing Jesus is a deeply personal and can be absolutely transformational and so we start this first time that we meet together and talk about Philippians we're going to be going chapter by chapter but this chapter is where we begin we begin at the beginning with chapter 1 verse 1 and it reads as follows Paul and Timothy servants of Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with all the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the kind of intro. That's the the salutation, if you will. And then there's a thanksgiving. I thank God. I thank my God every time I remember you. He's talking to the church in Philippi. Constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. That's a good, that's a good way to start a letter. I mean, not only is he saying, um, you know, I'm greeting you in the name of God, but I am thankful for you. There's a thanksgiving there. And man, what a good way to start a letter. So in this introduction, Paul expresses his great joy for the Philippian believers. So first of all, Paul shares that it is a complete joy to pray for them. He doesn't consider it a burden. He looks forward to praying for them. And he continually thanks God for them. Now, I want to say, I understand where Paul is coming from because I thank God for you every single day. And it is a joy to pray for you. And I just want you to know that. I mean, hopefully you do know that already, but I don't want it to go unsaid. Secondly, Paul rejoices in how the church has actively participated with him in the advancement of the gospel since Paul's initial visit to Philippi. So he says, thank you for doing what you're supposed to do, what I trained you to do, and you are doing it. 
And I thank God that you are furthering the gospel, the mission of the gospel. And then Paul shares his confidence in the continual growth in Jesus. Like not, You don't just stop there. You continue to grow in Jesus. However, Paul's confidence does not rely on the actual work or the accomplishment itself. But Paul's confidence is in the spirit within them. Paul is invested in the idea that God will continue to work for salvation in them and bring his great work to full completion upon the day that Jesus returns. The truth alone should cause us to rejoice as it floods our heart with hope. This is a good thing that no matter what we accomplish or what we don't accomplish, if God starts something good in us, God is going to see it to completion, regardless of us or sometimes um, in spite of us. And so our assurance to preserve to the end is not based upon our strength or our power, but we will be made complete in the end because God's faithfulness and the Holy Spirit's work within us and the hope for our lives and for those that we love finds its foundation in God's completing the good work within us. And I think that's really important because what God has created within us, we don't have to worry about messing it up. God's going to do what God is going to do through us. And that's a good news. That's, that's something to be joyful about. But he continues on. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer. That, you, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may pu- be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and the praise of God. Paul's feeling of joy for the church is rooted in his love for them. Like I said, I get him. I get how he can do that. Now, he started this church. But really, he was just following Jesus Christ. And in doing so, the church formed. And so he's happy that he's even in the process in the first place. But he is so proud of this church because of what they are doing. And his joy is rooted in his love for them. And so he tells the church of his deep feelings for them because he holds them in his heart. And first, the believers occupy a a special place in his heart because he realizes and recognizes them as fellow partakers of Christ. So another way of saying that is that it's not just him being up here, being this, um, this apostle. But he's like, you know what? If, if you're sharing in this with me and, and furthering the gospel message, then we're equal. We're on the same playing field. I'm not any better than you. You're not any better than me. But 
we are better because of one another and because of Christ in our lives. And so we can do so much together. And that is a joy. And it's not um, thinking about it in that way. It isn't um, putting himself down at all, but it's maybe raising them up to think that they are equal with him. And so in Christ, we all have equal value, no matter at our ethnicity, our sex, the country of origin, the social standing, or maturity in Christ. Every one of us is a recipient and a sharer, a common sharer in God's grace. And we must learn to see all of our brothers and sisters in Christ as equal and fellow partakers in the grace of God. The other thing is that Paul's feeling for the Philippian believers come from his absolute love for them. So Paul declares, For God is my witness, how I yearn. Another um, translation says, How I yearn for you all of the affection of Christ Jesus. We are able to love one another with the same affection that Jesus has for us. Another way of saying that is that you've heard me say this before, but there is the golden rule which is you treat others as you want to be treated. But then the platinum rule is what's at play here. I will treat you and I will love you the way that Christ has loved me. And that elevates everyone. And so with that, when love overflows in our lives, then we become filled with the righteousness of Christ. And, and we see the fruits there. But again, it's, it's not because of anything that we're doing, but it's because of what Christ is doing in, with, and through us together. And so he goes on in verse 12. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel, that is, being imprisoned, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters have been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. Um, by imprisonment. They dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love, uh, then there are these that proclaim Christ out of love, knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering in my imprisonment. But what does it matter? Just this, that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or out of true. And in those, and in that, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in any way, but that by my speaking with all boldness, Christ will be exalted now and as always in my body, whether by life or by death. 
When Paul is writing this letter, you can feel his, his emotions there. You can see that he's sharing his joy in all circumstances. He is imprisoned, and yet he is proclaiming the goodness of God. His predicament could have been viewed as horrible, no good, very bad day. Because of the people, um, but he's a great apostle now bound for um, bound and so he's no longer free to travel and to speak the truth and yet he can even look at that particular experience and say you know what that's okay that's okay because god has me even here even now and even in this i can look at the good things out of this i i've been able to share the good news with people that didn't know about god before those that are in prison me my jailers those that are around me Everybody knows that I'm here because I proclaim the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. And everybody knows that. And you know what? Maybe I'm not traveling the way that I want to or the way that I thought that I should be doing. And I'm doing this other thing now. But you know what? God is even able to use that. And man, I give so much thanks to God for this. Yeah, it's not ideal. But you know what? God can even use this. God can even use me. And so it's a testifying of how good God is in all circumstances and that he can use all circumstances for his honor and for his glory and for our good. And lastly, he ends this first chapter like this. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. I'll get into what that means in just a second. But it continues on. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and contain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Paul ends here with this opening of his heart with, with the church regarding his future. He doesn't know what the future is, but regardless of what it is, how it ends up, it's going to be good and it's going to be for God. And what Paul is saying here is that he's eager to be released. He wants to be released, which will be the benefit of the church's progress with joy and everything like that because he's going to continue where he started. But even, even if he were to die, even if he were to lose his life, it would be a gain for Paul because it would be a gain for Christ. Because Paul's joy in God allows him to be at peace and to rest in God regardless of circumstance. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win situation because living is Christ and dying is gain. It's the ultimate win-win. Like, Evil, suffering, and death, the, the opposer, the, 
um, the devil, whatever you want to say, the evil one might be trying to get me down and saying that your mission is over. I have won. And Paul is saying, no, sir. No, I'm not going to let that happen. You know why? Because, yes, I would love to be doing this, and that's my plan. But you know what? God can even use this. God can even use me, even now. And even if I die, it's going to be for God's glory. So you can't win. It's a win-win for God. It's a win-win for me. It's a win-win for the kingdom of God and for the sake of the gospel. And what better news than that? It's a win-win. So what does this mean for you? Now here's the good news. Because of what God has done for you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, contagious joy is available and attainable for everyone, including you. Now you can live your life for Jesus with this contagious joy just by choosing joy and it's that simple you can be on fire for Jesus you can be jumping up and down like Knox was when he saw this uh, this excitement that was going on in the movie he was excited I was excited because I was next to him and that was I was feeding off of that it was contagious and it's that simple God made it available because of Jesus Christ because of what he did for us we have access to that joy. And it's as simple as choosing joy. But just because it's simple, it doesn't mean it's easy. Now we know what to do. Now we just have to do it. Now it's going to mean putting in the hard work day after day, decision after decision, to choose joy regardless of the circumstance, in all circumstances, and basically finding the good, because there is good. Sometimes it might be harder than others to find that good, but it's there. It's there, and it's waiting for you. And God is encouraging you to, to unlock this treasure that is contagious joy. It's there. We might have to sift through some things. We might have to sit through some things, endure some things, but we can find it. It's there. God has put it there in the midst of all circumstances. And this is not just for you to find. Once you do find it, share it with others. And, and share the way that you were able to find this joy. And then they can see that. And they can get in on it. And they can experience that. And they can share it with others. No matter their circumstances, they can find and they can choose joy. This is all made possible because of God. And it's almost like, like a cheat code or like a life hack built into the very matrix of life. And we know the secret. We know the secret. But it shouldn't be a secret. We shouldn't keep it secret. We should share it. So now, now, that you know what to do. We just have to do it. So let's get to that point where we are so on fire for Jesus that we're jumping up and down, that we're so excited we can't attain, we can't contain our excitement, and it overflows. And so let us reclaim, 
Let us reclaim that type of excitement for Jesus, that childlike joy that God put all the way down in our hearts when he made us. And others will come from miles around just to see us burn. And I won't and, and it won't make sense to, to a lot of people because they're like, look at your situation. You shouldn't be experiencing joy right now. Look at all these things. Yeah, the pessimists and the naysayers, they have a lot to say. But they will want to be around us because they think that we have the secret. But it's not secret. It's Jesus. And they might be curious, like, how are you able to do this? Like, how can you get through all the things that you've been through and still find that joy? It's Jesus. I mean, that's the answer. It's not complicated at all. It's Jesus. And they'll be curious, and they're going to want to know, and that's your opportunity to share. Let's not keep it secret. Let's have that, reclaim that, type of joy, that childlike joy that was put deep in our hearts to stay. And let us find that in every situation, in every circumstance, and let us share the gospel always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.